Today on the podcast, I'm chatting with Steve Miller, not the space cowboy, but the Rutgers University professor and director of media studies. Listen in to learn what makes music so special to Professor Miller. Welcome to the Eat, Sleep, Breathe Music Podcast, where we talk all things music. I'm your host, Jeanette Kinzel, music blogger and enthusiast. Let's get started with today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. If you want to introduce yourself, let's let's start. Let's start with the first thing. Hi, Steve Miller. I'm um, I'm your former professor. I'm director of undergraduate studies for the Rutgers University Department of Journalism and Media Studies. But one of the things that I teach uh, is I teach television and broadcast journalism. But also, um, I'm um, on the uh, radio council for WRSU FM Radio, which is a college radio station, and just a, a music junkie. Um, so one of the things that got me when you, you know, we first started communicating about this was the whole title about eat, sleep, breathe music. And that's what it's about. Yeah. It's, that, I'm getting that's chills. This whole thing, <laughs> right. But that's what this whole thing about is about, this podcast and it's what's, what, it, what it should be about. Because everybody, have, as I wrote this to you, everybody marches to a tune and a beat in their head. Their whole lives have a rhythm to it, just like a song. And the song that we songs that we sing, are the songs that we feel, and the things that the music that's in our heads just continuously change based on our mood. And so, you know, there's some mornings we wake up and it's um, like my my daughters love this and my wife loves this. Uh, my wife's mother used to come in and they were asleep and wake them up singing, oh, it's a beautiful morning from the from the musical Oklahoma. She was a terrible <laughs> singer. She did it, but she did it. But, and she passed away in, in 2017. But my daughters will tell you one of their greatest memories is grandma coming in and singing to them. And, and, but that's what it's about. It's about how you feel at that point. You know, is it going, you know, am I in a Chicago mood? You know, you know does anybody know what time it is? Does anybody really care? Um, are we in a contemplative mood, like in my life by the Beatles? You know, there are places I remember all my life, though some have changed, some forever, not for better, you know, and all that. Is, is it a day when we want a Led Zeppelin tune in our heads, you know, where it's, you know, a whole lot of love, <laughs> um, but it's not that, or Stairway to Heaven? Or is it, you know, a day when, you know, and I've shared this with you, um, you know, when my daughter got married, I wrote the song that we, I wrote the lyrics to the song that we danced, danced to. And how do you feel about it? But that's what we do, whether we realize it or not. And yes, you hear this, you hear this thing about, oh, we marched to a beat of a different drum or that type of thing. But that's a different drum that's every day. And whether we know it or not, music is the backbone and the soundtrack of our lives. And it's something we should be all, ta all be talking about. It's something we all should be experiencing. It's also some things that we should all be getting a hold of. And especially, you know, you were talking to me before about, oh, this is what I'm doing during the pandemic. Well, this is when, these are the times when we really need music the most so to true. keep us in line, to keep us real. Um, and whether we realize it or not, we do this anyway. So I'll give you an example. Um, when I was an undergraduate at Rutgers, before I'd take an exam, a big exam and I'd get nervous, I would put on my headphones and listen to a song called For a Dancer by Jackson Brown. And what I would do is I would focus in on the fiddle in it. 
but it's not your usual fiddle where it's you know the you know hunky you know hunky tonk breakdown or Rocky Mountain breakdown or something like that. It's this nice, soothing, almost violin-like fiddle to it, and you listen to it. And what I've found is it becomes almost like meditation. Yeah. That if you focus in on one instrument or one beat, it's like like in a meditation when you're focusing in on your breathing. Definitely. And it would calm me down. It would get me focused. Um, this is also why if you watch, ball, you know, um, watch, read interviews with ball players, they'll say, oh, I listen to such and such a thing to get me psyched up. Or, you know, relief pitchers in baseball will come into Enter Sandman by Metallica. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's going to get me psyched up. And yet people do that. So that's what this is to me when you said, you know, eat, sleep, breathe music. That's what it's about. No, totally. I mean, I feel the same way. Like I, 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 you know, I, for as long as I remember, I've always had music in my life. Like I think it had a lot to do. I had two older sisters. So I think I was lucky that they had musical influence on me. Cause I mean, you know, I had, who knows if I would have gotten in music as much, but you know, and I remember going to a concert when I was 14 and that was like life changing. And it's, it's amazing how much music can touch you and just kind of like you know, change your mood, lift your spirit, you know, help you when you're in a pandemic. <laughs> like it's, it's, I found that, I found that very interesting because I know I have an older brother and um, he didn't, he, he didn't really didn't influence me with his music. And in fact, there are times when he'll send me something and say, Oh, listen to this. He loves government mule. He absolutely, he, he will, he's, you know, this year he was just so depressed because usually um, I think every year on New on the 30th and 31st of December, Government Mule is playing in Philadelphia, and he goes to the concert. And he obviously this year he wasn't able to do it, yeah. and I could tell that his mood changed. Um, also, I haven't been you know, really been able to see him during the pandemic. I've seen him once, yeah, um, in person, and we had to keep you know your, your of course your tendency is to, oh wanna, you know hey but you can't do anything, um, and it's like, and you say to yourself oh, wait that's my brother why can't I you know anyway. Um, but he listens to that type of stuff. I mean, my inf- I used to say my influences were A, B, C, D, E, F. So um, he grew up, you know, he's three years older than me. And so um, this, by the way, to show you how big in- an influence music is on my life, this coming year, I'm having my Sergeant Pepper birthday. I'm going to be 64. But my point is I'm calling it my Sergeant Pepper birthday. So um, I grew up at a time that everybody looked waxes nostalgic about in terms of music mm-hmm. you know i um i still remember being uh being on a uh, day camp bus and you know, we would change beatle lyrics around because it was 1964 when the beatles had just come out i saw i saw the beatles on ed sullivan in february 9th 1964 um but you know instead of she was just 17 you know you know, we would sing, well, she was just 99. And she looked like <laughs> Frankenstein, you know, that type of stuff. You know, how kids will do it. But, yeah. you know, so, but I was listening to music all the way back then. And, you know, grew up with the Beatles, the Stones, um, as you move forward, you know, the, and you remember sitting in my class and I would talk about, oh, AM radio. And then all of a sudden free form FM came in in 67. Yeah. So, but I, that, that was my life and I lived through it. And then, you know, we got to free form FM where you started getting the 18 minute songs like, um, you know, Iron Butterflies in Agata de Vida and Tommy the Who, you know, Tommy by the Who. And then during into the 70s, then you had the clash between um, 
you know, they started off with the folk singers like James Taylor, Joni Mitchell, Linda Ronstadt. Um, and then it went to LA California Rock at the same time. You had the hair bands like Bon Jovi, but LA California Rock was um, started off with the birds in 64 and then all the way to the Eagles and uh, Poco and things like that. So that's, you know, played part of my life. But it also influences what I do today because this is what I get to lecture about. Mm -hmm. It's fun. It's great. Yeah. You know, so I get up there and, you know, the kids, the students today, and even your went back in your day, you know, which is not so long ago. Um, and I get up there and say, yeah, this was a song. <laughs> and they're like, what are you doing? But then you, you know, everybody said, well, what do you think about music today? And then you talk about that. And so you juxtapose it together. And it's just, it's a very interesting thing. But go back a minute. My grandfather was in vaudeville. If, I don't know if you remember that from the lecture, but because that's so long ago since you took it. Yes. My grandfather was in vaudeville. He was a song plugger back. Um, he was born in 1891. So when he was old enough, about you know the 19 teens, he would what he would do, and the way that it worked back then was he there was a writer would write a song for a publishing company. And in order to sell it, you had to go from artist to artist to artist in person and get them to sing the song or go to a music to a sheet music publisher to get them to publish it because people would then buy the sheet music and play on the piano because there was no radio. Wow. It wasn't until you know the 1920s when radio really started hitting, and really it wasn't until Sarnoff, you know, here comes the lecture again. <laughs> Sarnoff in 2026 and Paley in 27 created the broadcast network that so you really started to have everything take off. But you know, you're talking my we have a picture of my grandfather in the, with a guy named Rudy Valley, who was the Frank Sinatra, Elvis Presley, Beatles. Michael Jackson of the 1920s. Mm -hmm. He made his money singing, but he didn't have a microphone. If you remember the cheerleaders' megaphones, those big, yeah, yeah. long cylindrical things, that was the microphone they used on stage. Oh, wow. <laughs> so in addition, to, and that was also when 78 RPM records were coming out and people were doing it. Keep something in mind. We live in an age when technology has changed everything. I yeah. mean, you grew up, you know, in 2004, you got your first iPod, it killed the CD, mm -hmm. okay? And because then you started MP3, MP4, and now mm -hmm. everything's streaming, which killed the MP, you know, and mm -hmm. so forth. But things are changing very rapidly. Edison invented the first cylinder with Mary Had a Little Lamb in the 1870s. Okay. Yeah. Records really didn't come about till the, you know, about 20, 25 years later. And they were 78s. And then they didn't have a real place to play them out to a mass audience till the 1920s. So you're talking 50 years. Here today, you know, oh, wait, they just changed technology right now. <laughs> right. So, the, so my, my history, you know, my background isn't just with, oh, I love music. It's my background is I've got this from my grandfather who did that, whose cousin published Tiptoe through the tulips. I don't know if you ever heard that song. Mm -mm. If you've got, it was remade in 1968 by a as a novelty song by a guy named Tiny Tim, who sang in a falsetto voice and was a sensation for about five minutes, uh, you know, in the national scene. But 
you know, he, his cousin was in the music business, music publisher. My grandfather was in vaudeville. Then he was a song plugger. Then he was a music publisher. Then he was a union rep. In fact, here on the wall, if you see behind me, I've got, there's a picture with the, um, there's two pictures on over one thing behind, yeah. under it. Yeah. The thing under it is my, is my grandfather's certificate from ASCAP. That he's a lawyer member of the American Association of Music Pub of oh, uh, Publishers and stuff. Oh, neat. Right. So this is the family business. That's the business side <laughs> of music. That's the technology side. And it's something that we grew up with. Um, I throw lyrics into everything I do. I quote things. My mm -hmm. favorite all-time show from TV, which is, you know, I'm a idiot, is The Monkees. Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah. So that's eat again. That's eat, breathe, sleep. <laughs> and I'll give you one last thing. I my granddaughter is six weeks old, and she you know last two weekends I've been able, I've been taking I've, you know my wife and I've taken care of her and she'll start crying and all I'll do is I'll pick her up and I'll just start singing Harry Chapin songs to her and <laughs> cal calms her down like crazy. And so you pass the music along too. Mm -hmm. No, it's great. It's great to have that music passed down. Yeah. Um, and it's different. The other thing, you know, going back to what you do is it's the genre of music you listen to, not just the type. You know. um, there's some days I'm a Dixie chick type of mood. <laughs> uh, excuse me, chick type of mood. Sorry, forgot. Old name. They are now the chicks. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> um, right, they, because they don't want Dixie associated, mm -hmm. which is great. Um, their last album was really, the newest album was really good. Uh, but also, you know, I sometimes I'm in that mood. Sometimes I'm in the mood to listen to, um, you know, if I wanted to do country or country. Steve Martin, the comedian, has had some really good albums out. And in fact, he paired with, um, he had some two good albums with, um, I'm blanking on her name, but she's Paul Simon's wife. And she, it's really good stuff. In fact, uh, here I can, I've got my, up. I'm talking to you, I'll call that up. And sometimes I'm in a Crosby, Stills and Nash mood. Sometimes I'm in um, a Beatles mood, a Monkeys mood. You know, there's just everything. And it's, it's just like the phase, you know, the days and the phase of the moon. Um, Edie Burkell, sorry. So, these are all a really good thing. Um, and it's just, it's magic. You know, it's like you said before, oh, I'm getting chills thinking about, listen to this. Yeah. yeah. A really good song will give you chills. A really good song will bring you to a place in time that is either wonderful or not. Music can bring, get you through. When my father was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, he was in New York and I was in you know, New Jersey back in 2003. What got me through was George Harrison's album, Brainwashed, and also George Harrison's All Things Must Pass. You know, and these songs have meaning for you and there's nothing that can replace it. Um, I will play Dan Fogelberg's album, Captured Angel, and I'm back, I'm back dating my first love back in 1974 <laughs> and 75. Um, oh, it, there's a magic to it. And you can ride the notes, ride the wave to that place in time. And it can take you out of the circumstances that you're in. Yeah. No, it's, 
It's so true. I actually, I had read this one book and I, the name escapes me, but it was really cool. It was just talking about how music can, you know, physically affect the way your brain works. And it, I think that's also why, you know, you were talking before about the meditation aspect. I think that's also, you know, why, cause there's a lot of, it, it's like the beats and the thing. It's just, it's amazing how music can really like, not, not, not maybe be a little bit hypnotize you and also kind of help you kind of shift your mind and focus and everything. It's, it's amazing. It's, it's great. Well, it's interesting and it doesn't have to have words. Um, how many times have you seen those um, mind clearing, um, what used to be called uh, new age? And it's not just music, you know, that music itself where there's an instrument, it's waterfalls. Mm -hmm. It's um, just certain, the sound of waves, but there's a, but that also in and of itself has a rhythm. You know, keep in mind, your heart has a rhythm. Your heart has a beat. Um, mm -hmm. People who are hearing impaired can feel, don't hear music, but it. if you get them on the dance floor, they can feel the beat from the, um, the speakers coming through the floor and they get the rhythm and the vibrations and that, and there's a music to that too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, there's a magic. The, the only word I can say is magic. No, definitely. And I don't. And, I don't, and I don't mean the. Uh, I don't mean the song from 1975, <laughs> which is oh, oh, oh. Or, or, or do you believe in magic by the Loving Spoonful? There is a magic to music, um, even if it's bad music. Yeah. You know that just envelops you, envelops your mind, envelops your heart, envelops your soul. And it makes your toes tingle and your fingers want to move. And, you know, you've seen these comedy. Oh, I just want to feel the beat. Hold it. Oh, every time I hear the beat, and then you see the food go boom, 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 boom. <laughs> and, you know, I get this rhythm in my head. And when, when you write, whatever it is you write, you get a rhythm and you get a rhythm going. There you go. It's music. And mm -hmm. the music encompasses everything definitely does what do you what do you like do you find that you get drawn more to melodies or lyrics like what do you listen to more when you're listening to music does every do you listen to everything or is there one that you pay more attention to um i usually i love listening to lyrics um i i write lyrics um their way to express lyrics are a great way to um, rid yourself of problems. So um, I'm, I remember uh, when I first got married back in 1984, we moved up to Boston and my wife had to travel a lot for a job. And so, um, you know, I remember writing things about it. You know, so like, uh, I don't care what you say. I just can't make it alone. I don't want to go on. I, if I must stay here on my own, but the days are long and my nights are cold and my bed feels like a jail. I can't live with the pain. I can't take it anymore. Right. Um, or I broke up. I, I, I was feeling the woman I was dating before I met my wife. Um, I was, you know, it, it ended, I'll say it ended badly in a way, but you know, I remember writing. It's so, it's so sad the team. It's so sad to see how time changes feeling, but the things occurred that you don't expect and the things and, and the, what was it? the things 
you knew take another course of course in the candle and the windows blown out and the light upon the table is dim and the beat of my heart can't be heard anymore over the sound of your voice which doesn't leave me any choice no it doesn't leave me any choice but the door <laughs> right so you end up writing these things and the lyrics come out and uh, one of the things that's uh, gotten lost in an era with electronic instruments and i'm not saying i'm not saying electronic music but i'm saying where in, there are groups that now use uh, machines instead of drummers yeah they use um instead of using you know because of the expense you know you don't hire orchestras anymore what you do is you synthesize music um mm -hmm. but also in the lab with with the with an overemphasis of volume on songs lyrics seem to have gotten lost a lot of times lyrics with a lot of meaning um and it's you know this the lyrics that really hit you are the ones that uh, touch your, are the things that to really touch your soul. You can have a beautiful melody and that'll touch your soul too. But a lyric, and I guess this also comes from, you know, why, I'm, you know, I'm in journalism and, you know, I do video. And um, if, if you go back to when you were in television reporting, I, I had you watch all those shows and I said, okay, what's more important to you? Is it the video or the, or the uh, voiceover, the, the words, the audio or the video? Yeah, yeah. And most most people in this generation will say, oh, video, it's videos, it's important. And even though I'm a video guy and a vid video person, videographer and do television, to me, it's the words because a picture can paint a thousand words. But the question is, what are those words? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you have to have. So I've always been that way. Um, and it's, you know, how can you beat, you know, you know, a, a Lennon McCartney lyric or. Um, you know, something that has meaning to you, you know, so what, you know, just pick almost any song, you know, I'll say from the Beatles, you know, that, you know, I, I said in my life before, there are places I remember all my life, the some have changed, some forever, not for better, some are, some are gone and some remain. I mean, yeah. you know, <laughs> how, how can you beat that? It's just amazing how it all touches your soul i'm about fact at this point in my life most times i love things stripped down to just a guitar or a piano and the lyric so if if you hear um there used to be the uh mtv unplug yeah yeah and i miss those because it was so if you listen to layla you know the song layla mm -hmm. by yeah yeah Dominos. Right, and you hear it, <laughs> right? But then you listen to it from the MTV Unplugged and it's a much different tune and it's much more understandable lyric and it's just got a nicer backbeat. The other thing that's always interesting is when you hear somebody doing something different than you expect them to or playing an instrument this way. Um, I mentioned George Harrison's album, Brainwashed. The now, everybody knows George Harrison from the Beatles and playing electric guitar, yeah. and especially his, his very distinctive slide guitar. But his main instrument on Brainwashed is the ukulele. Oh. So in 19, and when he's doing this, he played a song on there that's called The Devil in Deep Blue Sea, which was written by a guy named Harold Arlen. And it's got that old old type of 
um, sound, you know, behind it with um, almost a, you know, a, a 30s, 30s, 40s sound, you know, you know, where you almost expect them to be like Rudy Valley going, I still love you, <laughs> that type of thing, right? And he's got a tuba on it, but you hear a ukulele. That led me to remember that Harold Arlen also wrote a song called Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Oh. Now, the interesting thing I've discovered since then that I should have known is Arlen wrote Somewhere Over the Rainbow about what was going on with the Holocaust, and he was Jewish. And it's his thing about, you know, because he had escaped from Germany. Mm-hmm. So somewhere over the rainbow, skies are blue. And if you listen to the lyrics, that's what it's about. It's about, you know, escaping the Holocaust and what was going on in Europe. If you Google it online after we're done, just look at that. But again, he's the guy who wrote this. And George Harrison's doing a song by Harold Arlen. So in 2003, while he's, you know, he has his cancer. And I mean, just go through all this stuff. It's just like, okay. And, but that's what, again, going back to what music's about. Um, you know, I mentioned I wrote this song for my daughter for her wedding. And, you know, I, share, I shared that with you. And, you know, you, how, how, you know, on such a momentous occasion, how do you write it? Well, it just came to me that, you know, what, you know, what an image of her and the music was written by uh, one of our alums, another of our, of our former students. And his his music writing partner, and you know they did some stuff with it. And I was very fortunate in that he first recorded it and didn't like it, and he had some friends in Nashville sent it down there, and they re-recorded a lot of it in the studio down there with a singer from down there, and we were able to use it at the wedding surprise or at the wedding. But again, it's a way of expressing yourself, mm-hmm. a way of getting it out. Yeah. Um, you know, one last thing you asked me about lyrics in that. How many people do you know that? Just write journals. They, like they keep diaries. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, people, but people keep journals, which mm-hmm. you know, you know, most times you think, oh, you know, you're a 12 year old and you're keeping a diary. Yeah. But think about what you know people put in those journals, and what's the difference between that and writing lyrics to express yourself? Yeah, because no, that's what I used same to do. Thing. Yeah. You know, that's what I used to do. Um, in fact, I took creative writing when I was in college. I still have the book. And she said, keep a diary. And in the diary would, instead of writing out in pro, most of the stuff in prose, I would write it out in lyrics. Cool. You know, and it's no different, you know, or writing poetry. You know, look at mm-hmm. um, the, the woman who was magnificent at the inauguration, what she expressed. What are the, some of the songs that are coming out that people are using to express themselves? Um, you know, and... Think about the lyrics that are quite, I mean, Bob Dylan won the Nobel uh, Prize for Literature for his lyrics. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just, yeah. it's, a, it's a music, lyrics, songs, you know, how, why do they construct songs in that way? Why do they put the trumpet there? Or, you know, can you really make a guitar sound like it's a crying baby? Yes, you can. <laughs> it's funny. Um, there were only eight notes, you know, the old saying about there are only eight notes, it's what you do with them that matters. <laughs> um, and it's funny, I'll, I'll give you an example of uh, how music influences different people in different ways. And something, some people, you know, it's funny, some artists 
are in, impactful on you. Some artists aren't. Um, I got to college in 1975, and that's exactly the time that Born to Run came out. Yeah. And all these people all over the place. Oh, <laughs> and to this day, it's like all these people who I went to college with. Oh, Springsteen's great, great. Springsteen never got to me. I'm I'm one of the few people from New Jersey, I guess, who, <laughs> who's like, ah, so what? To me, again, and this might sound um, anathema, but you know, to me, it's a you know, it's his chords are this, and you know, are just one, four, five chords, just like every, you know, everybody else. They're very simple. And in fact, I thought before Born to Run, his music was better because of David Sanchez on the piano. And it, I thought it was, he was better for that. But then after that, to me, all the, it becomes redundant and commercial and sounds the same all the time. Um, whereas, you know, I think the other thing that really impacted me, I was a Dylan guy. Mm -hmm. People were saying, oh, Springsteen's the new Dylan. Mm. And I'm like, nobody's new Dylan. <laughs> um, but, you know, again, with Dylan, though, look what somebody did back in the 60s. You know, you know, with you know, simple one, four, five chords, and mm -hmm. but the lyrics were magnificent. And most people would say on both Springsteen and Dylan, their voices aren't that good. Mm -hmm. But now we've come to accept it. And in fact, you know, around that time, you had a lot of people who had bad voices. A lot of men, specifically, because of misogynism in the industry, you can't have mm -hmm. a woman who has a bad voice. Um, but you have Dylan, you had Springsteen. But yes, yeah, so also had a guy named Steve Forbert, who really had a, I thought it was a terrible voice. You know, he had this one song and he went, meet me in the middle of the day. Let me hear you say, everything's okay. <laughs> all right. Um, all that. And Bob Seger really never had that strong a voice either. But the lyrics and the songs were car carried it. Same, and, and you could say the same thing for Springsteen. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, I liked Southside Johnny and the Asbury Jukes better than I liked Springsteen. Because I thought that Southside Johnny's voice was magnificent. Um, and again, but that's taste and that's music and the way people are. But, um, you know, what is it that get, draws people to songs? What is it? Music? It's time. It's place. It's how they get touched in their, in their soul. Exactly. And, you know, at the, you know, when, you know, you grew up in, you know, the 90s and two, or in 2000s, you know, my... I mean, my daughter is, uh, my older daughter is 33 and I'll never forget her, you know, when she really started finding out about music, um, there were certain songs and certain groups that she was listening to. I mean, I think you're probably, when you were 10 or 11, you graduated what year again? College or high school? College. College. Uh, 2004. Okay, 2004. All right, so yeah, so you grew up in the 90s. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Right, so you're a pre-boy band era. Yeah. Well, I mean, I kind of, there was new kids on the block. I feel like I grew up that, that was, that was another boy band we were <laughs> obsessed with. Right. But, so. right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. So we have to blame you for Marky Mark. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, right. But, but yeah. And, but you had that and uh, what was the new edition was the other one. Yeah. That they were, yeah, they were like pre, they were like, I feel like they were like the godfathers of the boy bands. <laughs> Right. So, right. But you had all these groups. So you had all these uh, boy bands and things like that. Um, but, you know, you're, you know, you grew up, though, at a time, Alanis Morissette. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and Green Day. Nirvana and, um, and Pearl Jam. Right. All those. Pearl Jam, <laughs> right. Right. Um, <laughs> right. But, you know, so you had all that type of, you know, so that's what influences you. And that's also, and, um, and it's, 
I'm going to say post Nirvana, right? Because mm -hmm. I, I think Cobain had, Cobain had passed away by that point. Yeah, I think I was um, like... Right, so Foo Fighters had just started out. Yep. Foo Fighters have been in business for 25 years. Yeah. You know, and now we can see that, that the real yeah that the real power behind Nirvana was really Dave Grohl. Yeah. Um, and, but, you know, but so again, so that's what hit you at that time. You know, but if you go back, I'm, I'm trying to think what, what calm songs were, around, you know, what, you know, what was on top 40? Why was it that you were, were you listening to, were you listening to Z100 and top 40 or were you listening to, you know, alt, alt rock, mm -hmm. you know, and, and the way, what you listen to now impacts that. Because music is forever. And yeah. what a lot of people find is what you were listening to, you know, why is, you know, you probably go, mom, dad, why are you still listening to Bobby Goldsboro yeah. sing Honey from 1968? <laughs> you know, um, and why did you have, why did you force me to listen to a song called Horse with No Name? <laughs> right? You know, and, but that's because for, you know the music you know and grandma and grandpa were listening to Benny Goodman or Elvis or whatever or Bing Crosby or whatever because that's forever but that's what music is yeah. it's wonderful it's interesting too how some people don't like don't get into music they don't see it the same way I think, but it, I think a lot of that's that's similar to everything else why is it that um you get two people two children same family one's into sports one's not One's into music, one's not. Yeah, one's into yeah. politics, one's not. It's it's place, time, everything. Um, my brother is three years older than me. He went through th experiences that I didn't go through. He lived a life that's different from mine. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so he, and he'll remember things that I don't. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's a matter of, you know, also what's the environment you're in? So who are you hanging out with? Um, you also may have been hanging out with people who are into music. They may not have. Yeah. Um, their parents, you know, what type of home life are they? I mean, it always appalled me, and it shouldn't appall me, but it just, but did, that there were people who were told that you're not allowed to listen to music in your house because their parents, because of the, the, their upbringing, their oh, parents, wow. there are certain uh, religions that don't believe in music. That yeah. is the devil's workshop. Yeah. Or, you know, I remember, I, look, I remember being eight years old, or nine years old, around the time that uh, John Lennon was said that the Beatles were more popular than Jesus, <laughs> and people burning their records, yeah, and crushing their records down south, and I that never I never understood that, you know. But then again, again, I had this influence in my life. Yeah, you know, my mother was my mother grew up in a very political home. My father had you know the background with his his father being in vaudeville. And here I am. I'm the amalgam. You know, my father. You know, I'll go back to sports. My father was a Brooklyn Dodger fan. His father was a Yankee fan, and my mother's father was a New York Giant baseball giant fan. So I had. They were battling while I was growing <laughs> up about what you know those teams. And so you had that. So now you can see who I am because you know you and I have had millions of conversations over the years. You know, back when you were in school yeah. about this stuff, but you get formed by the world around you. And there are people who don't listen to music um, because of whatever reason. Um, and it's, you know, that's fine. But they, I will argue to them that they too have a musical rhythm to their lives that 
just doesn't isn't conscious of the music that they're interested in. I like that thought of it because I never thought about that in that way. Because I, you know, I think you just see what you what you're into, and you know, you're into music, and not that it's weird not being into music, but it's just different, you know. You know, it's funny. Um, whether we realize it or not, we all operate in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, okay, I, you know, I don't understand, for example, how my son-in-law's not in sports. It's like, you got to be in the sport. He's, <laughs> into, um, he's a comic collector. Okay. You know, aside from his job, and you know, he loves Marvel, he loves DC, he loves all that. And like, what? But everybody's got their own thing. Yeah. You know, you and I, Mark, you know, okay, I'll give you another song lyric written by Mike Nesmith of the Monkees, made, became a hit for Linda Ronstadt and the Stone Ponies in 1967. You and I marched to a beat of a different drum. Oh, can't you tell by the run, way I run every time you make eyes at me? Whoa. Uh, but it's you and I marched to a beat of a different drum. We mm-hmm. all marched to a beat of a different drum. And the question is, you know, do we want everybody to be in, that, in, a, in the same drum and walk in lockstep? And my answer is no. Yeah. And because we don't march to the same drummer, that's why you get you can get Beyonce, Earth, Wind, and Fire, Stevie Nicks, um, Beatles, Bon Jovi, mm-hmm. Springsteen. Think about all the different singers who are out there. Um, I mean, I... I admire rap music and rap music is a descendant of talking blues mm-hmm. from the 1920s and thirties, which means yep. a descendant of Robert Johnson and all those people. And even whether they realize not Bob Dylan did talking blues from mm-hmm. the folk circuit. Um, I'm not, I mean, I don't listen to rap music, um, but that's why you have it is because there is, there were people back then who did talking blues. Um, if you know, Dylan, did a song um, called Bob Dylan's 115th Dream, which started out, well, I was riding down the Mayflower, so I found some land. It's like, it starts talking. It's like, wait, what are you doing? You know, it's like, <laughs> but then, then he starts singing it. And, you know, but you end up with that stuff. So you end that, but that's what makes the world a wonderfully diverse place. You have diverse tastes in music. Um, and each generation has their own touchstone. You know, you can, you know, go, as I said before, it's Rudy Valley in the 20s, Sinatra in the 40s, Elvis in the 50s, Bing Crosby's in the 30s, um, you know, Elvis in the 50s, Beatles in the 60s, Michael Jackson in the, in the 80s, um, you know, who these boy bands that, you know, and so on. The <laughs> sensations that people, you know, oh, yes, I have, I still, you know, on my desk, on my dresser right now, my sister-in-law gave me these Beatle flags. Little flags with pictures of the Beatles, and I remember the Beatles cartoon. I was seven when they got when they got you know when they hit the America, and I was um, thirteen when they broke up. You know, but they are in my life. The monkeys, the monkeys lasted for two and a half years on TV, right? But they still can. You know, but the two surviving ones, Mike and Mickey, every time they were come around, I go see them. Why? Because. I'm a believer. In, yeah. I'm a believer in a Pleasant Valley Sunday, and you know, and I can do the songs backward, up and down. Just like if Pearl Jam comes around, you're there. Yeah, no, right? it's true. <laughs> and you know, and that's you know, this is why you know, it's it's there. It's ingrained. It's in your heart. It's in your soul. It's it's everything you do. It's you know, right now behind you, I've got my my iTunes, you know, with my three thousand, four thousand songs <laughs> on there. 
And mm -hmm. it's, you know, and every once in a while, something new comes out and I buy that something new. Um, but from, you know, it's, it's there. It's, I, I mean, I mean, I, I could wrap on this all day and talk, uh, talk about this all day, but you know, it's, 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 it, it's me. It's who I am. It's who you are. Yeah. It's part of, it's part of life. I don't know. And does your wife um, share the, the music? Like, love she music. doesn't have it as much as I do. In fact, <laughs> we have some disagreements. Cause, um, she had car she had Carpenter's albums and Barry Manilow albums. So it was a different type of music, but I mean, we, you know, we come, we have a happy uh, meeting at, uh, you know, this, the, the hit 45s and things like that. Um, so, yeah. Makes, that's nice. It's always nice to share music with someone. Yeah, it is. So anyway, <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for coming on. This was a really great conversation. Oh, it's, it's my pleasure. And, uh, you know, please let me, let's do it again sometime soon and uh, keep me in the loop on everything else. Yeah, definitely. Bye-bye. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you like what you hear, please hit the subscribe button and give us a review. If you want to find more new music, check out our other podcast episodes and our website at www.eatsleepbreathemusic.com. Thanks so much for listening to the Eat, Sleep, Breathe Music podcast. To find new music and learn more about what we do, you can check out our website at www.eatsleepbreathemusic.com.